0: Listen, uh, we've been working on a series entitled Uncluttered Faith, and we're going to continue with that series today. We're praying that this has been beneficial to you, that it's helping you to, you know, take some stuff. You know, I've, um, my wife and I were watching a TV program the other day called The Hoarders, where people hoard stuff and their houses get to the point where they narrow themselves down into a very small section of the home and everything else is just taken over. But nine times out of 10, they never know what's actually in the house, but it has cluttered to the point that their space, their real space is now so constricted that they can barely move. Then when normal people, excuse the terminology, but when other people come to the house, they're astounded by what they see and all of this clutter really bothers them. So I need you to understand something today. The very people that we've been sent to, to call to Jesus, some of them look at us and they see that we're so cluttered that there's no space. That we come to them with this hurried, fearful sounding invitation to come with us to Jesus. But we're so so constricted, we're so cluttered that we sound desperate. And we shouldn't be. So this sermon series is allowing us to take a time, take a moment to kind of pull some stuff away and untangle it and see some things that are really messed up. I'll take you one more quick example. Whenever Jesus was crucified, the Roman soldiers mocked him on many occasions when they put the crown of thorns on his head, they would hit it with a stick or a club, and pushed the thorns down into his head. And they referred to him as the king of the Jews. Now, these Roman soldiers were not privy to or didn't really understand who it was that was dying on the cross. So as Jesus was dying, they're casting stones for his robe. They're doing all of these things, and they're oblivious to the fact that the Son of God is dying on their behalf. That's what happens when our world gets cluttered. We forget who was on the throne. We forget why he is on the throne. We forget his promise when he gave up the last breath. He said, it is finished. We forget that. And because we forget that, we think it's unfinished. We think some event is going to come up on the horizon and change the final work of God. Hey, y'all, it can't happen. I'm telling you right now, it can't happen. This is a wonderful fail-safe program that God has given us. He sent his son to die for us. And when Jesus said, it is finished, guess what? It is finished and there's nothing that can unfinish the finished work of Christ. So as we've been going through this particular study, we talked about fear, we talked about being deceived, we talked about deception, we've talked about all these things. Today, I want to kind of give us an idea of what it is to actually be us, be Christians. You know, you see bumper stickers and you see fishes on the back of people's cars and, you know, you see this and see that. And we say things like, I'm a member of that church or I joined that church. Well, the church is actually the body of Christ. But we say these things wanting people to comprehend the fact that we are Christians. Well, we're going to just go through some verses today that would show us if we are Christians, you can't be a Christian without Christ. You can't be a Christian without Christ. (laughs) He is what we call ourselves. Christian means to be Christ-like, to be like him. But guess what? He's the only one who can live this life perfectly so he decided, through God, to live in us. So he came to die for us, so he could give his life to us, so he could live his life through us. And this is where we're going to go today. I need you to understand that the Holy Spirit, part of the triune God that we believe in, lives in you because you have accepted Jesus. Now that triune God wants you to be led by him. Somebody say amen. We are to be led by the spirit. So you ready to have some fun? So crazy. Pastor Ben is at it again, (laughs) but are you ready to have some fun? Let's go to a verse that I think is going to bless us today. We're going to start off in the book of John chapter 15, and we're going to read verse four in the message translation, John chapter 15, verse four. Listen closely. Live in me. Who's saying that to us? Jesus live in me make your home in me just as i do in you so here is this incredible offer from god almighty is that we are supposed to be in this relationship with him this is purely relational Is that I'm going to be in him. He's going to be in me. And that's going to become my new home. I don't live in the world anymore. I don't live in fear anymore. I don't live in that place. I live in Christ. Now tell me, is Christ afraid? Is he anxious? Does Christ have anxiety? No, he said it is finished. So let me read it one more time. I need you to get it. It says, live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't, everybody say can't. Can't in this case means cannot. (laughs) You can't bear fruit. Unless you are joined with me. Straightforward, simple, but it's important for us to understand. So the symmetry here is the tree or the vine and we are the branch. How do you know an apple tree? Because apples grow on the branches. How do you know a peach tree? Because peaches grow on the branches. They've never been confused. They've never been crisscrossed. So listen, if we are at home in Christ and he's at home in us, then the fruit we would bear would be his because he is the vine or the tree that we are connected to. Is anybody hearing me today? And it says that you cannot, you cannot bear fruit by yourself. And I need us to get this because this is where Satan has been so, so insidious, so sneaky. He wants you to think that you are bearing fruit or you are producing fruit yourself. Well, I just told you that you can't. So what is it that we do produce? Fear. See, because once we get separated from Christ, everything else is open and we're about to go over that in a second. But I need you to get it because this is where we get cluttered. This is where we get twisted. We are supposed to bear the fruit of Jesus. I said we are supposed to bear the fruit of Jesus. That may scare some of us. They may that may make us think, but it's important that we know I cannot be a Christian without Christ. So if I have Christ, then the only way for me to bear fruit is to be connected to him so that his fruit flows through me. Somebody say amen. Let's go to another verse that I think will help us with this. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. I don't know about you. I'm having fun already. I knew I would. <laughs> but this is, this is really important for us to get because, again, we are living in a time period that is requiring us to actually forget who died on the cross and then replace him with an opinion, with an idea, with a philosophy, with an ideology. I sure hope y'all are hearing me today. And as long as we are doing that, then he is in us, but we're not being led by him. We're being led by some other situations and circumstances that can be rather troubling. Let's read. This is Galatians chapter five. And we'll begin at verse 13. And this is in the passion translation, TPT, the passion translation. Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. Now, I need you to make sure that you made that connection. Freedom, not just to do what you want to do, but freedom in the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is part of the triune God that we say we believe in, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So if you're going to have freedom in the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit is going to lead you the same way Christ would. He's going to lead you the same way God would because he is God. Somebody say amen. So beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Guess what? We're in the world, but we're not of it. I said we're in the world, but we're not of it. And this is what scares most Christians. It scares us because once we accept Christ, we lose control. We are no longer in control of the circumstances and situations, but here's what we're supposed to do. Not be anxious, not be afraid. We need to let his peace transcend our understanding because in the natural realm, he's still God and he's still in control. We may see stuff that may not look like he's in control, but we learned last week that when Elisha's servant went out and he seen the army surrounding them. He went and got Elisha and Elisha came out and said, there are more with us than there are with them. And then he prayed that God would open his servant's eyes. Again, we're making that same prayer this week, that God opens your eyes. We are in this world, but we're not of this world because our job in this world is to pull people out of the natural realm into the kingdom of God. But the only way we can do that, we have to bear the fruit of Christ that would end their hunger, that would end their thirst. Ideologies can't do that. Philosophies cannot do that. Only the fruit of Christ can. Let's read on. Y'all having fun? It says freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence. That we become servants of one another. I don't want to skip past this because this is supremely powerful. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another. Again, if this is an absolute truth, which it is, what do you think Satan would want to do here? He'd want you to think more about self than you think about serving others. Anybody ever been a servant before? <laughs> yeah, let me just tell you, I come from a culture <laughs> of servants. Some did it, my ancestors did it when they weren't free. And my mother was a servant, a domestic servant for another family. So as a domestic servant, you're not free You can't be self-indulgent because the needs of that family that you're serving become greater than yours. But here's where God is so magnificent. When you give you away in the service of other people, he expands your world. He makes your life better. But right now, that's not what they want. Satan doesn't want you to serve others. He wants you to be self-indulgent. Part of self-indulgent means I'm going to be fearful that somebody wants what I have. I'm going to think about me more than I think about anybody else. Say, well, Pastor Ben, this is not easy, man. This is a crazy town we're living in. I'm here to tell you, crazy hasn't begun now. Crazy didn't wait till 2020. <laughs> crazy been going on for a very long time. We could try to follow that line all the way back to the Garden of Eden when, when the serpent tricked Adam and Eve crazy has been here for a long time, but guess what? God has been above crazy for a long time, calling us out of the natural realm into the kingdom of God. Is this making sense to you today? Listen, it says, I'm loving this. It says freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all we do. (laughs) First Corinthians 13 talks about love. But let me tell you, you cannot express love if it's really not in you. See, the tree can produce grapes because in the tree, in the natural natural part of the tree is the the grape producing seed. The necessary stuff for grapes to appear on the branch is all in the tree. God so loved the world. That he sent his only begotten son. Jesus stayed on the cross, not because of the nails, but because of love, because he could have called 10,000 angels and removed everybody that was present, but he knew the reason he needed to stay. It wasn't about self. Jesus was not self indulgent. Jesus came to serve, and he even said that I came to serve. So that fruit should be appearing in us as Christians. Why? Because we can't produce it, but we can bear it if we let the Christ that is in us live through us. Let me keep reading. It says, For love completes the laws of God. All of the law can be summarized in one grand statement. Demonstrate... Love to your neighbor, even as you care for and love yourself. But if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. You know, Pastor Ben, if you've been listening to me, you've heard me say this over and over and over. We are fighting over the temporary and ignoring the eternal. Minor issues. Let me just make it plain for you. God only created one race of people, the human race. That's what God created. I don't care what you look like. I don't care the texture of your hair, the color of your eyes. We all come from one person, one family. It says from one man, God created everybody. They've the scientists even know they already know that there's an Eve that all of us have come from an Eve and they can follow the DNA all the way back to that place. So this is not about races of people. That's a lie. It's only about one human race. So the real battle is they want to take that truth that is in our Bible and erase it and then take us to minor issues. So we're fighting over justice when justice is already a God-given right. I'm going to tell you a secret and I need you all to understand this. Please do. I I just need you to understand it. I don't stand here today seeking value from you. I can't. I would be wrong to even think that. I know I am a child of God. So I'm not here seeking value from you. But I need you to understand. I am here so you can understand that you can't take value away from somebody else. Because we are one family, so love has to be supreme. But it first must come from the fact that you let the Christ that is in you live through you. And he'll take you to the places you need to learn to love others. Is this making sense today? You know, if you're there listening to me, I know all of us, we've come from somewhere. But today is that day that you get a chance to really grasp this. If you're hating somebody because their skin color or their economic condition is different than yours, or even their political view is different than yours. I just read the other day in Thailand, 1400 people were baptized. There's no Democrats and Republicans in Thailand, but here we are in America fighting over minor issues. Go to the cross of Christ and ask him, hey, Jesus, are you dying as a Republican today or are you dying as a Democrat? And he said, I'm dying as a sacrifice for you that you can be reconciled to the father. I hope this is making sense to you today. Get rid of these minor issues because they don't mean anything. You're fighting over stuff that doesn't exist. There are no such thing as races. There's only one. And you can't take anything away from anybody else without taking it away from yourself. Somebody say amen. Somebody said, Pastor Ben, that hurt. That's okay. I'll pray for you afterwards. We'll we'll heal your toe or whatever's hurting. Listen closely. It says, as you yield freely, as you do what? Yield freely. Now, when a person yields, that means when you come to the yield sign, you no longer can be self-indulgent. You must think about the other people who may be coming down that road. So when you yield, you stop being self-indulgent and you think about others. As you yield how freely and what fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit. Ooh, wee. You will abandon the cravings of your self-life. If you decide to let the Spirit have your life, you will abandon the self-indulgence. You will abandon the fear of self. Oh, I hope you're hearing me today. (laughs) Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. This is so vitally important for us to get. Let me finish reading this. It says, for your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. Again, My self-life offends the Holy Spirit. My self-life, my self-indulgence offends the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So it is something that is foreign in the body. Whenever something foreign gets in your body, your immune system immediately goes and sends antibodies to go fight that particular disease. Why? Because it doesn't want anything in the body that would cause it a problem, any kind of sickness. The word disease—that this means disease—anything that comes in the body that shouldn't be there, the body should come together and fight against that particular thing. Are y'all hearing me today? Are you sure? I need you to grasp this because this is what happens when we don't follow the Holy Spirit, then enters in a different force or a different concept, which is self-indulgence. And those two things don't work well together. Let's read on. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free, where? Within you. Now listen, nothing can hinder the Holy Spirit because nothing can stop God. It's just inside of you, you will hinder the power of the Holy Spirit fully taking over your life. Now, I just have to say this sidebar. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's job is just not to slay you in the spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's job is to direct you, to guide you. But you yield To the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit says, okay, we're going this way. We're going to do this. We're going to go over here. You yield to that. Wow. I don't know about you. I'm having fun. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. Somebody say there's a battle going on. (laughs) There's a battle going on inside of you. And guess what you have? You have the freedom to choose. You have the freedom to make the choice to either be led by the Holy Spirit or to be led by your fears, be led by your selfishness, be led by your self-indulgence. Wow. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring Above it. So this battle is taking place, but once you give ground, once you give up, once you die and turn yourself over to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you begin to soar. You begin to fly. What are you doing? You're living above the circumstances, you're living above these things. See, right now, you'll turn on your TV, whichever news channel you are. Politically attached to and they will tell you something that will cause you to get angry Now you just poured a nice hot cup of coffee, but you sat in front of that TV and now the coffee cold and you hot You're madder than I don't know what because your ideology has been disturbed and it's brought out fear What would the Holy Spirit do? Why would the Holy Spirit fear something that is not eternal. The Holy Spirit knows the end. It knows we win. It knows that Christ is coming back. He knows all of those things, so there's no reason for the Holy Spirit to lead you to fear because perfect love casts out fear. Oh, man. Okay. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. The self-life. Sexual immorality. Lustful thoughts. Pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments. I was in the store the other day and and I know this is touchy for some of you, but it's OK. I'm just going to tell the truth here. And this window, the, the pit, the sign in the window, of the store Window says everybody must wear a face mask while in the store. So the man comes through the door without a face mask. The man in the hallway stops him. Sir, do you have a mask? The man said, no. He said, sir, I'll give you one for free. Here's a mask. The man said, I'm not wearing the mask. Sir, I can't let you shop in the store if you don't wear the mask. The man said, he didn't just say this guy went off. In the lobby of the store, he became very profane. He became very threatening. He was willing to kill somebody over a 24 cent mass. I need you to get this. I'm not telling you something political right now. I'm telling you, see, the Christian doesn't think of himself. He thinks of the other person. I'm going to say it one more time. The Christian doesn't think of himself because that's self-indulgence. He thinks of the other person. So then you serve the other person. I don't know about you. I've never seen somebody go off that much over a mask. Now, if somebody has stole his child, stole his grandchild, stole his car, punched his eyes out, something that would require a different kind of reaction, but not that. And I need you to get this today because it's a minor issue. But it's what we're fighting over instead of being led by the Holy Spirit to bring people who are lost and dejected and fearful in the world to a place of safety. And that is Christ. Does this make sense? So I don't have time for the minor issues anymore. I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to fight you over that stuff, but I'll tell you what I am going to do. I'm going to make people know about this Jesus who died on the cross for them. And I want to make sure you know that he is not feeble. That he is not broken, that he hasn't run off somewhere and hid, that our God is still on the throne and nothing can take him off of that throne. And from that throne, he protects us and guides us and keeps us safe. I'm gonna follow the throne. Somebody say amen. Listen to me, it says chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, senseless arguments, senseless arguments. Resentment when others are favored. That's (laughs) temper tantrums. There's not, you know, the best way to solve a temper tantrum. An unwatched temper tantrum is worthless. If your child is in the kitchen, flipping and hollering and jumping all over the floor, they're doing it because they know you're watching. Walk out the room and leave them. A few seconds later, they'll get up and follow you into the other room. They may do the same because a unwatched temper tantrum is worthless. We need to quit watching these temper tantrums. <laughs> Let me, I sure hope y'all still here. Angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions. <laughs> Isn't the word of God good? I didn't make this up. I didn't write this last night. It's, it's been there. Being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? So my question right now is very important to you. What are you using your freedom for? You've been set free. Christ took care of that. What are you using your freedom for? Because if you're not going to use it to submit yourself to the direction of the Holy Spirit, then you're going to use it for self and self will lead you here to the places we just talked about instead of out into the kingdom realm. Here's the part that's important. You know where you are. Today, we're offering a road out so you can find a way back to your freedom. Cause you know where you are. You know what's cooking in you. You know that your opinions have not waited on the direction of Christ or the Holy Spirit. Your opinions are being formed by others, inputted into you, and then spread out in you, causing you fear, deception, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit, again, back to the tree, we are the branch. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. (laughs) When's the last time you felt that? When's the last time you felt that joy that overflows? That means there's so much joy you can't even contain it all. It just overflows. And guess where it overflows? It'll overflow into your house. It'll overflow into your friends. When's the last time you've had that experience? Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Meaning that when you're anxious and when you have a lot of anxiety, this peace, knowing what God's word says, subdues those things. Patience patient that endures kindness in action, a life full of virtue. Faith that prevails gentleness of the heart and strength of the spirit. These are the fruits we are supposed to bear. We don't produce them. We bear them by being connected to Christ who is the tree. And then as he lives in us, he now lives through us. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be. I'm going to check that word out and say eternal. They are meant to be limitless, but eternal. Wow. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. So listen to me. You don't have to fight. You got to yield. The battle has already been won. Jesus has already won the battle. All you got to do right now is yield. But pastor, it makes me so angry when I see this. It makes me so mad when I hear this. It makes me so yield. Yield. Because Jesus came into a world that, that was just like these kinds of situations that we're facing right now. But his purpose was not to run. His purpose was to die for us so we would have this victory. He's our Messiah, and you've already won the battle. I said, you already won. You already won. You know, I know some folks, you take them out of chaos and put them in peace, they'll get mad at you because they've become accustomed to chaos, and they don't know what peace is. They can't even consider it. Because they've become so accustomed to chaos. Yield, brothers and sisters. It says we must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after Him. So we so may we never be arrogant or look down on another. For each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward, pretty plain. I got one more verse and then I'm gonna stop for today. But I pray God, this has been helpful to you. See, cause where we sit at sometimes, where we are right now in our lives, we have been so cluttered with minor issues That we forgot what matters most. Jesus. And his sacrifice. I need you to be free today. I don't care what things look like. Jesus. Is on the throne. Last verse. Ready? Colossians chapter 2. Verses 6 and 7, message translation. My counsel for you, after all we just heard, my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you have been given. You receive Christ Jesus, the Master. Now live him. You're deeply rooted in him, you're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. (laughs) Quit studying the subject and start living it. Let me just finish reading. (laughs) And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in who him in the tree so you can see and hear him clearly because you are a branch connected to him. There is nothing that stops that communication. It is clear when you yield you don't need a telescope a microscope or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him when you come to him. That fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. His power extends over what? Everything. Everything. You know, as we go through this particular study, it's important for us to know. Jesus is the tree, we are the branches. Jesus is the Christ, and we call ourselves Christians. The body of Christ belongs to the head who is Jesus. We have to stop living by our opinions. And start living by this simple truth. It's not about you. I said, it's not about you. I said, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And the second you get that, it frees you. It frees you from that anxiety. It frees you from them little things that plague your thoughts on a daily basis. It frees you. Because when I yield to the Holy Spirit, I don't have to worry about anything because nothing can defeat the Holy Spirit. So I'm free. Oh, I hear dumb stuff. But I realize I'm not dumb anymore. I've been set free. So I don't have to eat from the dumb table. I need you to get this today because the world needs an alternative. Jesus came to be our alternative and that has not changed because we are his body. Therefore, we must be the alternative to the world, to self-indulgence and to self. We are the body of Christ and we live in the kingdom of God. So if there's a message you want to send, check yourself. Make sure your message is about truth, not conspiracy theories, <laughs> not opinions, not ideologies, but truth. Did you hear the truth today? Yield. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield. Let God embrace you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let him put his arms around you right now. Let his peace transform you. Let his peace transcend your understanding. Let his peace tell you it's going to be all right. I said everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. I shared last week about the lady... In 1865, in the Emancipation Proclamation, and they told her she was free. She was 100 years old, so that means she lived in slavery for 100 solid years. 100 years of no rights no ability to vote no ability to make any decisions for herself No ability to choose clothes or a hair color or no ability to eat what she wanted She had absolutely no freedoms whatsoever. Her husband was lynched her children were taken away from her She was sent to a farm where they had her produce other children that they took away from her They did all of these things and when they interviewed her They asked her how did she feel and she said I knew God was gonna free me. And we are here arguing over minor issues. And there was an example of faith. Yield, brothers and sisters. Yield. Stop and yield. Holy Spirit got you, and He's gonna take you somewhere that you've never been before. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you so much for sharing time with us this week. Love you. And want to continue to serve you in every way we can. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say it. God bless. See you next week.